The following podcast is a Dynasty Kingdom production. Yo, 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 what's going down, everybody? Welcome back to another episode on Sundays with Mike and Diana. We are so glad you guys are back with us. We hope you guys are well. But before we get started, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we'd like to just thank you right now for the very breath that's in our bodies right now, Lord. We know that that's a mere gift from you. And I pray that we never take that for granted, Holy Father. I just thank you right now for the listeners that are tuned in right now to Sunday's podcast, Lord. I pray that you touch them where they are, Father God. I pray that you open their eyes where they are, Lord. And I pray that you open their hearts to receive what it is you have for them this season, Lord. And I just thank you for everything that you're doing, seen and unseen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, how you feeling today, honey? Oh my gosh. I don't know why I forgot you were going to ask that question. That's so funny. So my base is a two. All right. I am not. I think I'm at a two. You're at a two? (laughs) All right. Hey. Sometimes we just have to be. (laughs) Yes. I think I'm at a two. I. uh, Proud is not the right word. I was going to say I'm proud of myself for showing up. um, Because I don't feel good just showing up in my day. But it's not pride it's just i think it's maybe more like perseverance i don't know how i'm feeling today i really don't know how i'm feeling i know i'm not feeling great but i'm not feeling horrible i'm just persevering right now so uh, i'm happy to be here and i'm happy to still show up for myself in ways that still honor how i'm feeling but yeah i think i'm okay to sit at a two how are you feeling today I think um, we won't always have a complete understanding for what and how we feel, but I love the fact that you're able to rest in the uncertainty and let it still be okay. You yeah. Know? yeah. Because it's it, uncomfortable. Yes. Like, like physically it's uncomfortable, but I really am okay. Like there's nothing wrong. So I feel whatever I'm feeling is welcome to sit in this space with me because there's nothing wrong and it's okay sometimes we're just off but um but yeah I mean I'm okay other than just I'm just I'm here (laughs) (laughs) all right well um my baseline is a four and today I think I'm a 0.5 above the base so I'm a 4.5 yeah Yeah, I must say that over the course of this week, I didn't feel 100% like I normally do. Like I, Some days I felt like I was a little bit lower than my baseline. Some days I was at my baseline. Some days I was above my baseline. And out the course of a day, like it even changes. So it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like a roller coaster ride for me this week. But I finished off strong mm-hmm. on a 4.5. And it's just because of God. I only bring myself down when I'm not focusing on him. 
Mm. Like when I get into my own thoughts and then I get to be worrying and stressing and try to think that I have to be the one to perform these things that I'm doing, it, it can be overwhelming and it makes you feel like you're falling short and you're not doing what he's called you to do to your capacity mm-hmm. and all these things. But I think God gives us fatigue so he can know that we can rest in him. I love that. So I think for me personally, I'm at a 4.5, not because I feel my best. It's because I know how to sit back and let God maneuver my life the way that he wants to. And that takes a lot of bumping your head and learning that, hey, I'm not that powerful. And I really don't have that much control. So for me, I could be below. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. things that's going on in my life where I could be below. But there's also things that I'm seeing that can push me far above and beyond. Mm. So I think right now I'm just cooling with God you know what I mean like we kind of have an understanding so mm. you know I'm just glad to be here I'm glad to persevere through the things that you know have come to distract us and uh discourage us but we stand strong you know so yeah it feels I think, good yeah it really does and I think God just used you to bring language to what I'm feeling because it's not like it's just he's our strength right like it's okay to be tired so that he we can be reminded that we can rest in him. And I think a lot of the times, or for me at least, fear says, what if? But then like (laughs) faith says, even if, like God is there. So I love how he just did that. Cause I was like, I don't know how I feel, but something's something's off. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it right there. Is that, you know, I can just rest in him. I'm, I'm tired today and he's my strength, so. That's all. Nice. All right, <laughs> What guys. are we reading? Well, today we are going to be reading Joseph Tests His Brothers. Mm, okay. Joseph Tests His Brothers. And uh, out of the Bible, we'll be reading Genesis, all of chapter 44. Coming out of the children's book. When the palace lunch was over, it was time for Joseph's brothers to go home to Canaan. But Joseph was arranging a test for them again just as he had done the first time they came to Egypt. He wanted to see if they still were selfish and jealous. Did they love their youngest brother, Benjamin? Joseph told his household manager to fill the brother's sacks with grain. The manager was also to put the brother's money in their grain sacks, and he must put Joseph's special silver cup in Benjamin's sack. The brothers had just left the city when Joseph sent his household manager after them. He told the manager what to do and what to say. So when the manager caught up to them, he demanded, Why did you steal my master's silver cup? What are you saying? The brothers asked. We wouldn't do such a thing. If you find the cup with any of us, let that man die. Then the rest of us will be your slaves. All right, said the manager, but only the one who has the cup will be our slave. Soon the manager was looking through the sacks. There was a silver cup. It was in Benjamin's sack. The brothers were so upset that they tore their clothing. They loaded their donkeys and went back to the city. What were you trying to do? Joseph asked them. Didn't you realize I would know? Then Judah spoke. We have all come back to be your slaves, he said. But Joseph answered, No, only the one who took the cup. Judah spoke to Joseph again. If we don't bring Benjamin home with us, our father will feel so sad that he will die, he said. Please let me stay here instead of this boy. I'll be a slave. And coming out of the Bible, Genesis chapter 44. Joseph's silver cup. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry and put each man's money back into his sack. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack along with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. 
The brothers were up at dawn and were sent on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they had gone only a short distance and were barely out of the city, Joseph said to his palace manager, chase after them and stop them. When you catch up with them, ask them, why have you repaid my kindness with such evil? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup, which he uses to predict the future? What a wicked thing you have done. When the palace manager caught up with the men, he spoke to them as he had been instructed. What are you talking about? The brothers responded. We are your servants and would never do such a thing. Didn't we return the money we found in our sacks? We brought it back all the way from the land of Canaan. Why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If you find his cup with any one of us, let that man die. And all the rest of us, my lord, will be your slaves. That's fair, the man replied, but only the one who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go free. They all quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. The palace manager searched the brothers' sacks from the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Joseph was still in his palace when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, Oh my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had your cup in his sack. No, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go back to your father in peace. Judah speaks for his brothers. Then Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant say just one word to you. Please do not be angry with me, even though you are as powerful as Pharaoh himself. My Lord, previously you asked us, your servants, do you have a father or a brother? And we responded, Yes, my Lord, we have a father who was an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. His full brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, bring him here so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, unless your youngest brother comes with you, you will never see my face again. So we returned to your servant, our father, and told him what you had said. Later when he said, go back again and buy us more food, we replied, we can't go unless you let our youngest brother go with us. We'll never get to see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, As you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless he was torn to pieces by some wild animal. I have never seen him since. Now if you take his brother away from me, and any harm comes to him, you will send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And now, my lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving, white-haired man to his grave. My lord, I guaranteed to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. Remember, what did Joseph put in each grain sack? 
grain, money, one special thing for one special brother. <laughs> right. What did he put in Benjamin's sack? That special thing, which was a silver cup. Right. Do you remember that it was Judah who wanted to sell Joseph as a slave? I actually didn't remember that. That just dawned on me right now. How is Judah different in this story? He's basically begging for his brother's life. Like, I'll take his place. Like, I, I've learned my lesson. I can't bear to go through this again. I don't want to tell a lie to hide the truth. Right. He's feeling convicted. Yeah. Which he's is feeling, guilt. He's feeling repentance. Yeah. He's willing to sacrifice his own life mm -hmm. for the life of his brother. Mm -hmm. Why do you think he changed so much? I think it was also the grace that he was given. Um, because up until this point, he doesn't know this governor to be his brother. So he's been given a lot of grace. Like mm. he's, He was invited into the palace and he feasted and, you know was given money and was able to really take care of his family. And I think when you do something that's so bad that you feel is unforgivable and you're met with nothing but kindness and love, it has the power to really change your mm, heart. That's it. That's it. <laughs> with some emotion coming through there? No, that's just, it's just true, right? It is true. Because you can't... I don't know. Because you feel unforgivable. Yeah, and love expels a lot of things. So It does. That's good. Discover. Be careful what bad things you say about someone. Your words may come back to punish you. Judah once said, let's sell Joseph as a slave. Now he is begging to be Joseph's slave. Mm. <laughs> he is begging to, to be, be his slave. slave. Man. Wow. Apply. Ask God to help you be careful about what you say. He will. So do you have any takeaways from today's read? I do. I know they're still downloading, so I will piece together what I'm getting from today's story, but it's still sitting with me. So I really focus on Ju Judah's piece, and I think of how many of us walk around with things that we feel indebted to. He has lived his whole life from that narrative of knowing that he sold his brother into slavery. And up until today, he constructed his whole life around that. And it was in his language. It was in his demeanor. It was in how he felt so guilty. Hmm. It was even in how he said, you know, my one of my brothers, he, he died or he went away. Like he didn't even have language for what happened to him because he doesn't know what happened to him beyond what he did. Hmm. And so I can only imagine the weight of that decision haunting him for all of these years and even still not knowing what's going to happen next. Fate being in Joseph's hand, but mm. he doesn't know this to be his brother that really has mercy on him and love on him. And so now he's really come to the end of himself where he has to be honest mm. in his own way with God. And I think that's so scary for most of us is like when we hurt our own feelings and we have to really look at our reflection and be honest with God, with who we are. And I think it's so beautiful when God shows you who you're not, mm. right? Because you think that you're this awful thing that you're not worthy of forgiveness or repentance or 
even asking God anything, even mercy. He didn't even bother to ask for that. He said, I will take his place. I will be your slave because that's what he felt he deserved. Mm. So I don't know what my takeaway is. I just know that many of us have maybe found ourselves in a position of Judah. And it's almost like I'm not worthy. I've done so much wrong in my life. God, I'm not even worthy. We didn't see how this story ended. But it's it's an, a beautiful reminder that like here this man doesn't even know that he's about to be met with an overwhelming amount of love. Because that's his brother on the other side that makes that call and that decision. So... I don't know. I just am sitting with that because there's so many of us that just sit with that. And it doesn't even have to be something that bad, quote unquote. It can just be something that only you and God know about that you just feel like I can't even bring this to him. Like, I don't even have language for this. I have created a whole different story that I'm telling myself and others just to feel good about myself. And I feel like God is just saying you can lay that down at my feet and and we can work through it i think though that was a great takeaway forgiveness is a strange thing right Mm -hmm. it's so hard to forgive somebody but it's so hard to ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. so it's like there's a battle that's going on on both sides and nobody's winning Mm -hmm. if there's no forgiveness there's no peace joseph was not at peace in his position of power I'm mm-hmm. sure he mourned and yearned and wanted for his family so much. Yeah. And Judah, knowing that he wronged his brother, and not even knowing where he's at or where he's amounted to, if he's alive even, yeah. mourned and yearned for his brother. So to the point that he's putting his very life mm-hmm. on the line to reconcile that wrong. That's how you demonstrate the act of wanting true forgiveness from God. Mm-hmm. Because... You have to show him. And Judah showed him by laying down his life to reconcile the wrong that he did. He didn't know that this was his brother. Remember, guys, this is a complete stranger in his eyes. It's just somebody that has, a lot has of grace and mercy and, and is at the time providing a livelihood for his entire family. So in actuality, Joseph just represents who God is. God's going to test you multiple times. How much do you really want that forgiveness? How much are you really willing to forgive? What if your forgiveness is attached to the very one that you need to forgive? So for me, it's just, I want to be able to pass the test. I want to be able to come to God with my whole heart and let him know what he already knows. It's not that he doesn't already know. He needs to hear you profess it. Lord, I don't know how to forgive this person. In your timing, Lord, I just believe and trust that you're going to show me how to do it. Lord, I don't know how to get this person to forgive me for what I've done. I don't even know if I can. I know I'm so undeserving. Help me, Lord, to see how I can be forgiven and how I can forgive self. So Judah laid down exactly what he sold into. You will always reap what you sow. Because Judah sold his brother into slavery, which was ultimately death, He had to put that same thing on the line to be forgiven. Mm. If he didn't bring his brother back, he was dead. And not only him, but his whole entire family was going to starve. I'm giving you another chance with the youngest. Can I trust you with Mm. forgiveness? And I forgot that this is Joseph's first time even meeting Benjamin because he he wasn't alive. He was the youngest brother. Right. Could you imagine? So that's why he said it in the Bible. And that's how he was able to forgive. That's Mm. how why that's how forgiveness transpired Mm. 
because they both were met with the very thing that they wanted so bad, but they it cost them something to obtain it. Joseph had to show a different level, level of, of grace, forgiveness. mercy, forgiveness, yes. all the things, right? Yes, right? And so did Judah. He had to lay his life down on the line to be forgiven for the thing that he thought was unforgivable. So yeah, man, I think in closing, hard word. it was a hard word. <laughs> Honestly, it was just a hard word. You know, I'm still processing it myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but I feel like the word that's sticking out is just forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is not just for you, but for them as well. And forgiveness is not acceptance. You don't have to accept what's happened. But I think it is important to begin to be curious about the thing that hurt you or that you hurt. Because God sees that. And I know that he knows it's 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 harboring something in us if we don't resolve that. Well, I think in that, honey, you can go ahead and pray us out. Okay. All mine's clear. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just walking alongside us, Father God. For teaching us your word in a way that's so gentle yet piercing, Father God. We thank you that you're piercing the veil of our hearts, that we're becoming more curious about the things that reside there, the things that are hurting us, the things that are ailing us, the things that bring us tremendous pain. We ask that you be our comfort, Father God. We ask that you begin to forgive us. We ask you for that forgiveness. We ask that you help us to begin to forgive ourselves, Father God of the things that only you know we come to you about, O oh God. We ask that you relieve anything that's not of you, whether that's guilt or stress or anxiety or doubt or fear or pain. We thank you that you are an absolute God and you absolve all of our wrongs, Father God. Not that we're not accountable for our wrongs, but you absolve our wrongdoing, Father God, with a tremendous amount of force and love and admiration and for who we are trying to be in your name, Father God. We thank you that you call us, that we're chosen, that you show us who we're not, Father God, that we're going to make mistakes, we're gonna trespass, but we can still come to you. We can be worthy of that. We don't have to be ashamed of who we are. Thank you right now for touching and agreeing with every person on our airways, for dwelling in their homes and their hearts, we thank you for everything that you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Sundays with Mike and Diana. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. If you're in the Las Vegas area, join us for our in-person Bible study every third Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. And don't forget to connect with us at underscore Sundays podcast. Thanks for listening. See you for Bible study next week. Light work. Light work.